Conversation where we try to unjumble an important and sometimes under the radar statewide story that affects you. I'm Shana Roth. Michigan's third grade reading law is potentially getting a makeover. The law that holds back third graders who fail to meet certain reading standards has been under fire pretty much since it passed in 2016. Here with me to break all this down and more is Isabel Lohman from Bridge, Michigan. Isabel, welcome to Mishmash. Thanks for having me. So Democrats are now in power, and it sounds like they're making changing this law a priority. What are some of the changes that they're proposing right now? So it's important to understand that this law includes more than just holding students back. It has a lot to do with the different supports to help struggling readers. Democrats are trying to take out the part that says if a student in third grade is testing uh, a grade behind or more than a grade behind, that they should be held back. It's important to know there's already many ways that a student can be moved on to the fourth grade, even with this law. But Democrats are saying that they want that part of the law gone. So they're really focusing on the holding students back part of all of this. Absolutely. Yes. Why is that a priority for Democrats and how are Republicans responding to all of this? Sure. So like you mentioned, the law has been in place since 2016, but the holding students back component has only been in effect for a couple of years. So the first group of students that would have been held back from this law was actually the group of students that tested in spring of 21 and then enrolled the next year in fall of 21. So Democrats are saying they want this part gone because they think that it unfairly punishes the students and the teachers. They say students and teachers deserve supports to make sure that the students are able to read on grade level, but they don't think holding students back is the solution. On the Republican side, some some Republicans are saying they also don't think holding students back is the solution, yet they're also saying schools need to be held accountable to make sure that students are at grade level. I talked to Senator John DeMoose, and he said he doesn't think that holding students back is a solution. However, he wants to make sure that schools are being held accountable to it, and he also wants to make sure that whatever Michigan does going forward makes sense to make sure that schools are improving. Do Republicans have a sort of counter proposal for how to ensure that schools are being held accountable? So Republicans are saying they want to make sure that students are reading at grade level, which is the same thing Democrats are saying. One idea is to make sure that students have access to more tutoring instruction. That's something Democrats are also saying how they would fund tutoring, what the tutoring programs would look like. That's yet to be determined. So that's one component of this. When you look at the Senate Education Committee, there's five Democrats and two Republicans. One Republican, John DeMoose, voted no to advance this bill versus Republican Ruth Johnson passed on the bill but said she ultimately hopes to vote for the bill. This is a pretty dramatic law, at least in the original 2016 iteration. Do we have any data for the impact that it's had, you know, how many kids have been held back, what it's meant for the kids, et cetera? Yeah, absolutely. So we now have data from two different classes. We have data that suggests that nearly 5,700 students were eligible for retention over this last cycle, but only about 545 of those students were actually held back. Within that, researchers have found that there are some disparities. So we know that economically disadvantaged students were more likely to be held back than their wealthier peers. We also know that Black students were more likely to be held back than their white peers. That's something the Democrats think is an issue. They think it's not necessarily equitable the way the law is being carried out. 
as well as they want to make sure that parents, uh, all parents understand that they have the option to talk to their schools about this. That's one of the biggest reasons why students weren't held back, because you can get a parent exemption. So Democrats have some concerns saying that it's possible that economically disadvantaged peers or other students didn't, their parents didn't realize that they could talk to the school to get their students to move on to fourth grade. So that's one component of this as well. What are the next steps for for this process? It sounds like this is this bill is still in pretty early stages. Right. So this this bill just passed out of the Education Committee on the Senate side. The Senate will have to vote on it. If they agree with it, then it will go over to the House side. That being said, the House Education Committee also heard testimony on Tuesday about the third grade reading law. And so they are well aware, the members are well aware that this is a priority amongst the Democrats. And they have been listening to testimony about how the law currently works. There has been a massive influx of cash for state schools. You reported on a $9.2 billion state surplus. And this has education groups positively giddy with excitement, particularly given that Democrats are going to be in charge of that spending and they tend to be more friendly toward education groups. What are these groups hoping to do with this money? Sure. So there are many different proposals. I think across the board, education groups tend to agree that students from low-income backgrounds and other uh, different characteristics tend to take more money to educate. There seems to be some agreement on that, and there's a lot of research that bears that out. That being said, how do you actually spend the money differs depending on the different proposals. The Michigan Partnership for Equity and Opportunity, which is a group of community organizations, business groups, and educators, are saying that they want to see the state invest more heavily into students who come from low-income backgrounds, specifically thinking about how a community's concentration of poverty is affected. There's also the School Finance Research Collaborative, which produced this massive report in 2018 and then updated it in 2021. And they talk about what it costs to educate a student, not just from a low-income background perspective, but also special education, uh, English language learners. And they also have some proposals about how the state should fund transportation. Uh, you also have the, you know, the Mackinac Center uh, for Public Policy, and they tend to agree, generally speaking, same thing with the idea that low-income students take m- more money to educate. However, they want to see more of the state direct its money towards those per-pupil grants versus individual programs. Where is all this money coming from? Yeah, so the state has had a really good year of revenue, and then there's also federal money that's uh, coming to schools in the state because of the different pandemic relief programs. What is the current state of Michigan schools? Can you break down for us where we're ranked, what our weaknesses are? Yeah. So generally speaking, Michigan schools have a lot they could improve on when you look at the nation's report card or the NAEP. Michigan is not ranked at the top for uh, fourth grade reading, for fourth grade math, for eighth grade reading, for eighth grade math. And there's also some significant gaps between students who come from low income backgrounds and students who don't. So that's another concern. There's also race gaps in the testing. So there's all of that. And then you have the fact that we've been in a pandemic and a lot of students are behind where they would potentially be if there hadn't been a pandemic. So it seems like Republicans and Democrats agree that there needs to be changes in education, but what those changes look like tend to differ depending on the party. And that sort of sets up my next question, which is we've talked about what the education interest groups want to do with some of this money. But do Democrats have a plan for all this? And what has been the Republican response? So the Democrats do have some education priorities, one being that third grade reading law changes. 
Another thing that we're expecting is that Governor Gretchen Whitmer will soon propose her education budget. And from there, we'll get to see what she's proposing in specifics. We know that she recently talked about tutoring and expanding preschool. We think that Democrats will generally be supportive of those things, but we will see more in the coming months when they make their own budget proposals to see just how they want to change the system. On the Republican side, they are now in the minority, uh, but they do have their own proposals. They re-proposed a bill that would give parents up to $1,500 for tutoring or other education expenses. I don't know if that bill will get a hearing. Last time it did get a hearing under House leadership, but it didn't end up passing the floor on the House. Uh, we also have Republicans talking about the need for more tutoring, just like Democrats. But again, it's the devil's in the details. One more topic I want to hit on with you. Michigan needs more nurses. Pretty much every state needs more nurses. And Alpina has a plan to graduate more students with degrees in nursing. And it's kind of a controversial plan. Walk us through what's going on there. So for years, community colleges have said, we want to be able to offer four-year degrees for nursing. This comes from the fact that you can become a nurse after getting an associate's degree, but a lot of nursing employers want their nurses to have four-year degrees. They say it improves patient outcomes. So Alpena Community College worked with Saginaw Valley State University to form a partnership. Essentially, under this plan, someone can go to Alpena Community College, get their associate's degree in nursing, and then continue their education still in Alpena while getting their four-year degree. They can also be working during that time because, again, they can become a registered nurse after getting that associate's degree. They are a new partnership. They just recently celebrated that partnership, but we're expecting that more schools will also take up the state on this grant money that allows community colleges to partner with four universities so that nurses are better trained. And there's also a component where this money can help nurses get scholarships, better advising, more opportunities, generally speaking, as well. So it sounds like this is really about making the nursing profession more accessible or getting to the point of being a nurse more accessible to people. Absolutely. And that's something the leaders at Saginaw Valley State University said to me. They said, look, we don't want the people who are going to Alpena Community College to have to travel to Saginaw and then stay in Saginaw, right? Alpena also needs nurses. And so the idea is that you can get a nursing degree, hopefully closer to home, potentially cheaper, and that ultimately your patients have better outcomes and your patients feel well-treated as well. Do they have a sense for how many nurses they think they'll be able to graduate through this program? I think they're hoping to grow. I don't have specific numbers. There's sort of two components to this program. New people starting the program at Alpena Community College will be, they'll have the opportunity to take both classes at Alpena and Saginaw Valley State while still being in Alpena. And then there's also the people that recently graduated from Alpena Community College with their associate's degrees and are now going to be pursuing those extra credits to get their Bachelor of Nursing. So I don't have any specific numbers, but I know they said they want to grow the programs and that they really want to make sure that the nurses feel supported while they're going through the programs. So it sounds like this is something that they might do in other places around the state then? Absolutely, yeah. So when you look at the last budget that was passed, there's $56 million in grant funding that allows a community college to basically pitch a partnership with a four-year university. Then the community college, if they get accepted, gets at least $2 million, and they can do all sorts of stuff with that money. They can hire staff, they can offer student scholarships, 
they can buy equipment or work on facilities to make sure that the supplies and whatever else is needed to make these partnerships happen, happen. So the idea is there's actually some state incentive right now for community colleges to partner with four-year universities. The other thing is community colleges can partner with either a public four-year university or a four-year independent nonprofit university. Isabel Lohman is an education reporter for Bridge Michigan. Isabel, thank you so much for joining me here today on Mishmash. Thanks for having me. Mishmash is produced by WDET, Detroit's NPR station. This episode was produced by myself, Shana Roth, and the always amazing Hearns Laguerre Jr. Our news director is Jerome Vaughn, and our podcast manager is David Lyons. Our digital team is Dave Kim and Sophia Joswiak, and our podcast interns are Ashley Harris, Patrick Furness, and Jack Philbrandt. As always, if you love this podcast and want to support it, you can do so by leaving us a review. Or if you really, really like the show, you can support WDET by just going to WDET.org slash give without your support. Shows like this one and other great programs from WDET just are not possible. Thanks for listening and we'll talk to you next week.